All right. Well, there is a um, there's a there's a theme that is uh, exists in the world around us. Something that we see happening all the time in movies and uh, in books. When people begin to fantasize about what how good life can be, and the theme is this: there's always this utopia that's better than where we are. There's this, you know, in different movies, I'm, I'm, y'all know I like to watch a lot of movies, so in different movies you'll find different ways that people are trying to make uh, this utopian society where everything is good and, and uh, everybody's happy. And sometimes it means uh, destroying the people that are, uh, are not, uh, that are holding us back and we, we raise ourselves up and separate ourselves. Sometimes it's things like, um, one movie, I don't remember the name of it, but they took, uh, their, they were able to take their brains and the essence of their body and put it in a fake person uh, uh, who would walk around and do their life for them, and they just basically would stay inside and watch their life happen. Uh, there were no blemishes on these people. You know, they were just perfect looking, and it's supposed to be this ut- utopian society. And the real people are living in a room, right, with a computer, are... You know, Narnia, where you, you go through a wardrobe and you end up in a whole new, wonderful world. There's that theme. Is, I know all of us, you, you probably all have movies and uh, books that you've read that, have that has that idea in it. And I think there's a reason for that. I was thinking this week as I thought about what we've been studying and how we've been, uh, the things that we've been discovering, that that utopian idea, I think, is something that God has put in us. I think when God created us, he created us with this desire to, to have this perfect world, this perfect scenario where, where life was, you know, just wonderful all the time and where we had, you know, this, this beautiful existence without all the mess that we have right now. I believe that's what Adam and Eve had when God created them. They had a utopian society, the, the very thing that, that God in, in, created in us, the desire he created in us, was able to be fulfilled by Adam and Eve. But because of sin, now sin has entered the world and we don't have that anymore. And so that thought hit my mind because in my own experience with God, as I have begun to walk with Christ walk in fellowship and in obedience to the Holy Spirit in life. As I've been abiding, learning to abide in Christ, and, and the more that I've learned to do that, the more that I've surrendered my will to his will, my life has surprisingly gotten better. I say surprisingly because I want to be honest. I didn't think when I started this journey that my life would be better if I was obedient to God because I had seen these horrible pictures of what obedience to God look like, right? Most of you have too, that it's really just basically a list of rules to follow and, and doctrines to believe and, uh, you know, truths to hold on to, that it's not actually life with a person that's wonderful, joyful, con- uh, brings contentment and peace, and, and even in hard circumstances, God gives us um, joy. It's crazy unexpected it's not the utopian society that that if that men write about it's not a matter of fact it's so hard for us to even grasp it because we haven't lived in it 
But we've been looking at that society. We've been looking at what happened when the Holy Spirit came to earth and indwelled the disciples, and then the chain reaction that started as, as those disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and the message of the kingdom of God and the gospel message that what Christ offered to people was spread and people began to re- respond to the Holy Spirit's work in their lives. And we've been, we've been able to see what it's like to have a society that literally is walking in the kingdom of God. They're obeying everything that God's telling them to do. And so far, we've seen, seen it really happening to perfection, mostly, <laughs> right? There's a few, certainly Satan was involved in there trying to disrupt it, but we've seen, we've seen and read nothing but these wonderful stories of, of how the Holy Spirit is grabbing people and, uh, and changing their whole perspective on life and changing the, what their desires are. And as they walk in what the Holy Spirit leads them to do, which is crazy stuff, way outside the box. The surprising thing is that it's, it's becoming, uh, that their lives are becoming filled with joy, contentment, peace. Their lives are, they, they're, they're building relationships with people that are more meaningful than they ever had before. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because I really believe, first of all, before we get into today's uh, message, focus, I want us to, to realize that, that what we've been talking about and what we've been studying has a purpose. And, and the purpose is that we would be able to see, if not experience, the kingdom of God on the earth, the reality of this utopian experience that God has for us, walking in life with him, being in relationship with him, letting him uh, unfold our lives for us. Uh, in, in seeing the plans that God has for us, plans that are fantastic, phenomenal, personal, that reflect a, the love of God for us, that, that gives meaning and purpose to our lives when we start seeing that, that God is not only involved with us and wants to be intimate with us, but that he, he wants to, to use us to, to move through us, to bring others to himself. And so I want to go back today because we're, we're about to make a major shift in the book of Acts. I don't know how much longer we'll be in the book of Acts because our purpose in this study was to uh, see what God would teach us about what it means to be a biblical community and a community that blesses. And so we've, we've, we've been studying that. We've been seeing that happen in the book of Acts. But I want to go back and look at and remind us of some of the things that biblical community Includes What are some of the characteristics of biblical community? Some of the things that we've studied and looked at. Y'all ready for this? Have, would would y'all enjoy that? Us going back and saying, okay, let's look at 12, 13, 14 items that we should have gotten by now. Last week I was meeting with a group in Ruston and it, it just hit me that unless you make yourself do this, our tendency is to go into a Bible study or into a worship service, hear the message, and if we understand it, it's done, right? Like if we get an understanding in our brain, okay, and I'm very simple, so it would be very easy for you to understand and be successful at that, right? I don't, have, I don't say anything complicated, 
But for us to just come together and get these things in our brain and then just keep moving on. But, but I want to remind you of what God said at the beginning of this message for us, at the beginning of this series, the beginning of the year, is that this is for a very specific purpose and it's for a very specific time. That right now in the life of our body, we need to grasp these truths in a way that would cause us to begin to live in this relationship with God that just uh, brings joy and contentment and peace and, and, and moves us beyond our circumstances, no matter how hard they might be, and that God would use that ultimately to draw others to himself, people all around us. I believe it's happening already. It's been fun to watch how people have come into the, to life groups and into our church uh, our church being you guys, the people, and have found what they've been looking for. I love nothing more than when somebody walks in and says, man, this is what I've been looking for. Because I know it's what people are tired of this, this dead religion. They're tired of just walking in, uh, in this what, and pretending like we're in a society where we're, we're supposed to be happy and joyful, but we're not really there. So I want you to be honest about where you are today. But also, let's, let's look at some of the things that God intends by His Spirit to create here. All right, so let's walk through these. I'm, I've got them listed here. We'll, we'll hit these real quickly, and then, uh, and then we'll move on. Because what's about to happen is the church is about to be multiplied. God has done a work now in Jerusalem, with, and, and it's beginning to expand. We've seen some expansion to certain ones like the Ethiopian eunuch and the Samaritans in the village where Philip went. And we're starting to see a little bit of expansion. But in the rest of the book of Acts, we're, seeing, we're, we're about to see this massive multiplication. And what, they're tr- what they are going to multiply is what happened in Jerusalem. They want to reproduce uh, well, God wants to reproduce through this church that understands what the kingdom of God is supposed to be about. He wants to pr- reproduce more churches all around the world. So let's look at what this utopian society, some of the aspects of that, and see, and this is for you to evaluate yourself, okay? Are you, are you walking in these things? Like, first of all, we talked about the fact that this new body of believers is filled now with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, all of this is a result of the Holy Spirit. They were absolutely confident in the resurrection. God gave them confidence. He gave the disciples the confidence that they needed to know that Jesus was alive, that he's, he's resurrected, that, he's, uh, that he's, uh, he's moving and working in the world. And, and we need to know that, right? And I don't know if you've gotten that confidence yet. And if you haven't, it's probably due to the fact that you haven't, you haven't experienced the, the Holy Spirit in real and personal ways, which is number two. An absolute belief in and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. To, have, to know that the Holy Spirit is real, that He's alive, that He's moving, that He's working, that He is, the, he is God in spirit form and that He lives inside of us. And that happened for them, each one. Number three, individuals within the community had personal experiences with the Holy Spirit. So they were each one having their own personal experiences with the Holy Spirit. Have you done that? Have you been having those? This past week, uh, I got to preach at uh, youth camp at Dry Creek, and, and um, 
the, there was another guy preaching at night. I was preaching in the morning, and, and he, he had brought up some, uh, some acid tests, really, out of 1 John. If you are a child of God, if you're know, you a child of God, then these things will be true. And someone asked a question, doubting, you know, wondering, how do you know? How do you know if you have a relationship with God? Well, I, you know, the thing that hit me was if the Spirit of God communicates with our spirit that we're children of God, the Bible says. How does he do that? He gives us our own personal experiences with him. If everything in your religious life is up in your head and it's not in your life, if you're not engaging God on a daily basis and you're not uh, making yourself sensitive or listening for being sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit throughout the day and following what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, asking those questions, if you're just living your life by logic and, and kind of on, the, on a human autopilot, and God is not involved in that, then no wonder we have problems enjoying life in this world. Man, if you're in control, that leads to misery. But this utopian society that God has for us is one where the Holy Spirit is available to you, in you, and will give you your own experiences with Him. And he has many experiences to give you. I've heard this morning... Uh, that that uh, uh, a friend of ours, well, y'all y'all know Matt Palmer, um, Michelle's brother, is pastoring down in in uh, Dusan, and his son was at camp this week. And I said that at camp this week. You know, I talked about how the Spirit will tell you. So just communicate with the Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and let you know that you're a child of God, and that and He did that. And he has assurance that he's a child of God as a result of that. The Holy Spirit wants to show you that he's real. But if you don't, if you don't believe it, okay, test it. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you that he's real. Ask the Holy Spirit to move in, in your life and to lead you. Uh, you know, God will, will show himself to you. Even when, you, when you're not really wanting it sometimes, the Holy Spirit is going to show up and let you know what it is he wants you to do. And then that gives you an opportunity to begin to experience this life that these people were experiencing. And when they recognized, the whole, they all had their own personal experience with the Holy Spirit, that was the thing now at that point that they committed themselves to after that. Their koinonia fellowship was, surround, was centered around the Holy Spirit. It was about following what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And it's not just the, it was one time speaking in tongues, okay? It was one time, there was kind of that radical stuff in that way. But immediately it went right to other things like the Holy Spirit brought people. He brought people within reach of the community, number four. Recognize that the Holy Spirit is bringing people around you. Have you begin, begun to focus on that? Begin to pray for those people and, and listen to them, eat with them, serve them, and wait on, on the Holy Spirit to bring them to himself. But, but the Holy Spirit is doing that for us. Are we paying attention to that? Okay, That's what causes this expansion to happen, and, and, it's, and it's one of the most exciting things that will ever happen for you when God allows you to be a part of leading someone else to, to him. Praying a, a prayer with someone or helping them to see the truth of the gospel and then they accept Christ. When that happens, it's like you being saved all over again if you've never had that experience. All right, but God knows that. And so the Holy Spirit brings people within our, our reach. And that, man, that brings excitement whenever we start seeing the Holy Spirit moving in the lives of others. This past week, 
in, the, in a coffee shop in Ruston. We've had this ongoing relationship with about 15 to 20 people that, that we, you know, we try to keep up with every week. Whoever comes in, we talk to them, we ask questions, we, we bless them with the blessed stuff that we do. And this past week, I felt like the Lord was leading me to, to invite three of the guys that were in there to read the introduction to my book that I've just completed. And it seemed a little weird to me, but I did it anyway. And so I, they said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. So I sent it to each one of them on email, and I had a long conversation with one of them who I thought was a Christian. And he said in the conversation, it was very complimentary of what he read. And he said, once he said, I said, did it draw you in to really want to read the book? He said, yeah, I want to read the book. I really do want to read the book. I said, well, good. Uh, that's what I was hoping that the introduction would do. And he said, no, I want to read the book. I said, okay, well, I'll get you a copy of it. But he was drawn into the book, and in the course of our conversation, he said, uh, I'm not a Christian, but blah, 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 blah. And I thought, wow, how the Holy Spirit took that conversation. And just, just the fact that we had, you know, that I know God's putting people around me and I'm building a relationship with this guy, and, and I've known him now for about six months or, or more, eat, drinking coffee in the same spot, and he, he told, felt comfortable telling me that he wasn't a Christian. And he, was, and he knows I am because he just read the introduction to my book. Uh, and, and I don't know what the Lord's doing through that, but here's what I know. Man, that gets me so excited. I've told that story, you know, 10 or 12 times since Thursday. If anybody had ears to hear, they got to hear that story because it's so, you know, it's exciting, the, the, the life, that, when the Holy Spirit is doing it and we're not doing it. You know, when I used to have to go and go door to door because my job said I'm supposed to do that because I thought that's what Christians do, and knock on some stranger's door and try and force the gospel into their life, that's not exciting. That's that fake utopian society, right? But when you're walking with the Holy Spirit and God does it all and you get to see someone get saved, it's like, what? It's just awesome, man. And that life is good, and it brings contentment and peace and joy. And so, yeah, God bringing people within reach of the community. Number five, the Holy Spirit gives them power and strategy to defeat Satan. And we did four Sundays just talking about that. Let me ask you guys, listen, have you been faithful to pay attention to the disruptions of Satan? How he's trying to destroy your experience of this life that God has for you in the kingdom of God while you're on the earth. This better life, this life that will be addictive for you and for also will be attractive to the lost people around you and, the, and other saved people around you. Are, are you. are you getting that? Are you walking in that? Because the Holy Spirit uh, is trying desperately, is working desperately to get you to that life and Satan is trying desperately to, to destroy that. So one of the things we're about to do is 25 people at this point, which is probably all I'll be able to take, 25 people have said, I want to meet with you one-on-one -on -one to get over Satan's interruptions and Satan's tactics to defeat me from just abiding in Christ, blessing lost and wandering people, and committing to community. 25 people have, have said, I want to do that after, see, after praying and asking God, Am I ready for that? They found it in their hearts that this is something they desire to do. I'm excited about that because I really believe that it, it, it's where this community came alive. It's whenever there were people who were, who were willing to follow the strategy of God to defeat the enemy. And he, in, in so many different ways, Satan was defeated. 
in the book of Acts. And we've seen that over and over again. All right, number six, are you devoted to the word of God? How many times is that question going to be asked? And you're going to have to say no. How many times am I going to ask the question or somebody going to ask the question, are you devoted to the apostles' teachings? Are you devoted to the word of God? And you're going to have to say no. That I just don't have time. That I'm just too busy. That I tried to, but I'm, life is taking, taking, other things are taking me away. We will never be that community until we devote ourselves to the word of God. We did a number of sermons on it. You know what? The sermons are head stuff. We got to flesh this stuff out. You're not going to experience the utopian experience that God has for you. That kind of experience with God that allows you to, to even step, step up like Stephen did and say, take my life and preach while they're taking your life and with joy, filling your heart and sharing the gospel while they're taking your life. We're never going to have that. It, it's the experience that he was having with the Holy Spirit in the earth, on the earth, living in a kingdom that's not of this world while he was in the world. While he was living in that, that made him willing to sacrifice his life. We need to be devoted to the word. We're never going to have that to the word. We're never going to have that kind of commitment until we're devoted to the word of God. Reading it, studying it, you know, meditating on it, memorizing it, whatever. Listening to it on podcasts, coming to, to, to worship on Sundays, expecting that God's going to speak something into your life that's for you and for our congregation and for this community. Uh, you know, going to life group with it and uh, having digested the message from Sunday and ready to share what God's doing in your life with the word that you heard on Sunday. All of that. Are we doing that? You know, we're not a do, do, we're not a do, do church, right? <laughs> we're not trying to say, just go do it. I'm just saying, you know, I know the Holy Spirit's putting that in your heart to, des- to the desire to do is to read his word. And there's a beautiful life that's waiting on us to be devoted to the Word of God. Number seven, experiencing koinonia fellowship. I love that. I think this, I don't think, I know, the best experience of koinonia fellowship that I've ever had has been with this body. Sharing meals, doing life together, celebrating the grace of God together, in each other's homes together, united in purpose. We're, we, I've never shared koinonia with a group of people like I am with the Gathering Place West. It's the sweetest experience I've ever had in fellowship. That's the Holy Spirit. We're joining the Holy Spirit in that. So are you committed to that? Are you, are you diving into community with all that you have? Are you pressing into community uh, to those times? And it's not just a life group, but those are two good expressions. Life group and worship are two good expressions of that. You know, when we worship together and we're celebrating God's grace together, that's a good thing. And when we're coming together to digest the Word of God, the Scripture says, Paul said the Berean church was a more noble character because they received the Word with joy and then they dug in. They dug in to see what it would do in their lives. And so, you know, us doing that together, Cornelia Fellowship, sharing meals together, man, y'all are some great cooks. I love the food, the life groups, and that's why I'm on Weight Watchers. So it's great. I mean, it's beautiful. And let's just grow in that, okay? Let's commit to that because the, the thing that Satan would do is pull us out. Pull you out of Cornelia Fellowship with a life group. Pull you out of Cornelia Fellowship with a church. Take you away from uh, fellowship with, with other believers in the body uh, during the week outside of those groups. It's, it's everything. It's doing life together. It's, 
is building community together. Number eight, are we, we're in constant communication with God and with each other. I love that about the church, man. They were constantly praying together. Uh, they, were, they were still going to the, to, to, the, uh, to the synagogue to pray. They were still getting there uh, three times a day in the temple to pray. Uh, but they were, their prayers were totally different. But they were praying together now with the Holy Spirit in their hearts. And that, you know, us praying for each other. I love our, again, our life group fees are a good expression of that because we're always talking about what the needs are. Right now, I'm, I'm able to pray for a lot of different needs in the church because you put it on your life group fees because we care. We care for each other, but we're being in constant prayer in connection with God and connection with each other. That means also hearing from God and giving words to each other as God gives. All right, it's a great, great, great relationship that God is building in this body. Number nine, becoming progressively more selfless and, benev- and more benevolent. More selfless and more benevolent. This is harder for you guys, most of you, because you're young than it is for those of us who are older and don't have, uh, the, have, have, given, have decided that the American dream is not from God. Okay? Some of us have had enough, have lived enough life that we've already tried to get all this stuff and we realized the stuff owned us. And so now we got rid of the stuff and we're still trying to get rid of more. Some of you guys still think you need all this stuff, right? You're at a different place, most of you, than we are. But I just want to save you some heartache. Man, giving your stuff away is a much better experience. There's joy and contentment that comes from, from blessing others with your, with your money and with your, your stuff. And with your time than ever, than getting a bunch of stuff for yourself. So be careful about the house you buy, the cars you buy. Be careful about the toys you buy. Be careful about the, the, the clothes you buy. You know, just, just, I know the Holy Spirit's doing that in you. I'm, I'm not saying something you're not feeling. I'm not saying go make this stuff happen. Just agree with what the Holy Spirit is doing. He wants to build a, a community of believers that, that understand because they've experienced it how good it is to give your stuff away. How much better that is than to hold on to stuff and buy more stuff for yourself, to just bless people, to give things away, all right? We want to be that kind of community, and, I, and we are. I mean, God is doing that. I see it in the body, people being more and more selfless and benevolent. All right, number 10, inviting the needy into the community, offering healing, though, and not just a handout, inviting the needy into community, all right? That's, that's what the church did here. The Holy Spirit said nobody is excluded from the community of God. Nobody's excluded uh, from being able to join the family of God and be a part of the kingdom of God. Everybody is accepted and invited. But we have gotten uh, messed up on that by just handing out goods to people who, ask, who have learned to ask us for our stuff. And it, de- it demeans the worth of a person for us to just allow that to continue to happen. So what we're doing is, what we want to do is invite people to come into community with us. When, this, when the man at the gate, beautiful, was healed, immediately the Bible says that he went into the temple with Peter and John, and then he clung to them after that. And there was no hesitancy for that. And everybody that came into the kingdom of God uh, was welcome and could be a part of this kind of community, a benevolent community. So inviting the needy into our community. Number 11, sharing how God is working, testimonies, and getting excited together about the work of God in the community. 
man, you know, it's so joyful to be able to come to these life groups and hear testimony of what the Lord is doing. It's so cool to hear these stories of how God is working. And, to, you know, sometimes you have, a, you have a week or a day whenever you're, you know, uh, or a month where you're not really having your own experiences with God. It might be kind of a, you know, what we call a dry spell. Uh, and it's so good to be able to be reminded that the Holy Spirit is still working in the community when you hear somebody else's testimony. Buddha sent me a text this past week, uh, just, just a random text to say, uh, I love it when God does this. I didn't even know what she was talking about, so I called her up to find out what it was. Of course, I, mean, I knew it was dealing with our finances because she does with our finances, but just again, again, and again, and again, how many times we need financial some money for something to meet the budget or the bills or whatever, and then money comes from an unexpected source, and she just gets giddy and giggle, giggly about it and sends me text messages about it. I love that. That's the community, right? Celebrating together what the Lord's doing. I love hearing your stories. It's so important that we share those things. I, you know, when I sit in a life group and I hear testimony after testimony after testimony, just watch it move around the room, you know, how God is working, and, and then seeing how God is taking a testimony of one person and encouraging someone else to share what's going on in their life, and then they, all of a sudden there's this theme going on, right? That's community. That's that's just, man, what a utopian experience that we can have in community with each other when we are willing to share how God's working. All right, number 12, natural organic growth. You don't have to make growth happen. Growth doesn't, you don't have to make growth happen. You don't have to make growth happen in, uh, in your own life, so it's not that you, you need to really gear up and, and go get a number of uh, uh, books and start studying all the different topics of Christianity and understand it, that's, that, you don't have to make growth happen, spiritual growth. It just happens. When you are pursuing God and you're obedient to the Holy Spirit, growth happens. You become this spiritual person. Uh, Jake's a great, a great example of that because Jake didn't have any church, not that he liked. <laughs> he despised all of it, you know, and, and became an atheist. And then when he got saved, all of a sudden, man, you know, this fruit starts popping up in his life. And he's one of the most passionate men that I know about the Lord and going after God and being willing to listen to what God says and adjust his life to it. Now he's married to my daughter, and that helps a whole lot. But, but, but really, Jake did, you know, Jake just, he, he's a raw believer, just like the believers in the book of Acts were. Just, he's a believer, in, he's, a, he's a Christian in, in his infancy, you know, he doesn't know what to do and doesn't need anybody to tell him. Paul was that. Paul, everything he learned from the church was wrong. And when Paul got saved, he didn't learn from him. He didn't go to the apostles to find out what he was supposed to do. The Holy Spirit grabbed him, and he became this man that knew God in such a way that he had to tell us about God and wrote over half the New Testament. Okay, so just it's natural, organic growth in that way, but also in numbers. I don't know if you guys notice, but we don't care about numbers around here. We're not worried about filling these seats up with people. Uh, in order to make ourselves look good. It, it doesn't matter to me how many people show up on a Sunday uh, as long as you're walking with the Lord. You walk with the Lord. You do what the Lord tells you to do. And, you know, I, I believe the Lord's going to bring you here as much as possible because of what we've already talked about. It's what He does. You know, he's gonna, you're going to want to, but you're going to want to be in community with people. But we don't want people here because they have to be, they're trying to be here because they got talked into coming. You know, we want you to have the Holy Spirit grabbing your life in such a way that you desire to be in community with people, and you show up. 
So that kind of growth is organic as well, and it's so much sweeter when the Lord does it than when we take control. All right, number 13. Characters being built into the community, okay? And we saw a number of different cases in the book of Acts where something happens in the community, like Ananias and Sapphira uh, lied to the Holy Spirit, and, and God killed them both. And, man, that brought a new sense of fear and respect. It brought fear as in terror to those people that thought they were going to kind of sneak in and take advantage of believers like Ananias and Sapphira did, and they decided they were not going to mess with that community anymore, right? But it brought a, a sense of respect and awe for the believers to know that God loved them enough to protect what, God, what he was doing in that community. And so he builds character. You know, we've seen an, an, a number of different cases uh, when the apostles were arrested, how God built character of the character of, um, of trust in, in God's faithfulness. And God brings them out. God takes them out. They learned, that they learned their, part of their spiritual character was or their growth was that they knew now that God had it under control. That no matter what the religious leaders thought they could do, if God wants them out, they're out. So, okay, you learn that in community. We learn these things together. And then last week we learned about fear uh, in community and how God dealt with their fears and got to the place where they wouldn't have fear anymore. But instead, all the believers had a deep uh, respect and awe of God rather than fear. So God is building that into the community. There's character, uh, character traits of, of believers that are being built into the lives of this church as we walk with the Holy Spirit. And then i got to do a 14 because I don't like to end on 13. The number 14 conflicts are resolved quickly and unity is maintained. And we have so experienced that. It's such a blessing to see that happen. I was sharing with someone this past week. Uh, we'll be talking about this later, but uh, we are uh, in some way going to be supporting our pastor on the ground in Honduras <coughs> financially, which we can't afford. Um, Buddha knows that. We can't afford to, to, to it's, you know, it's, it may be, it probably will be somewhere in the vicinity of 600 bucks to take care of this man's needs for uh, uh, per month for the rest of his life. He's in his 70s, the organization that was supporting him is backed out, and now he's, he doesn't have any means of support. Now, he has food. He's got a fish pond. He's got bananas. He's got fruit. You know, he's, he has food. But the ministry that he wants to do, feels called to do, and the medicines for his wife and for himself, uh, he can't take care of. So, you know, we're just praying, asking the Lord, what are we going to do about that? In the middle of all that, uh, you know, we, we trust. And I was sharing that story with someone this past week. I said, I really believe the Lord. Let me just show you what the Lord said. And I showed them in my journal because they were asking, how does God speak? And I gave that as an example. And he said, uh, so how, where's the money going to come from? I said, well, We've learned a great lesson about God. When God tells you to do something, the money shows up. Isn't it crazy? That when God tells you to do something, God's going to provide the way to do it. Now, that's not just a principle for our brains. It's true in life. And how cool is that to be able to know when you're walking in life that God totally has your, your back. He's, he's going to take care of you. That's a utopian society to know that I'm not dependent upon my own skills. Uh, but just walking in that, knowing that God's going to take care of that. And God provides for us. And so 
already this week, I shared it with, with I've shared that story with a friend of mine, and uh, he and his wife, when they left our conversation, called me about an hour later and says, hey, we want to give $200 a month to that. <laughs> already, one-third of what we need is already provided. And we hadn't even, elders hadn't even talked about it yet. We're, you know, we're just praying right now. We're going to meet next week and try to make a decision about what we're supposed to do. But, you know, had another person give me 200 bucks. I don't know if that's going to be ongoing, but I mean, it, it may be that everything's going to be taken care of before we even t- tell you all about it. But God takes care of us. And, and so, you know, uh, God is the one that's going to take care of these issues. I don't know how I got off on that, talking about conflicts are resolved quickly and unity maintained. But I guess a lot of conflict comes because of money. Uh, maybe that's what I was thinking. I don't know. But anyway, conflict is resolved quickly. We don't have, oh, that's what it was. We don't, we've never voted on anything in this church that was not unanimous. There's never been a vote. There's never been a, a descending vote in this church, except Aaron playing around sometimes. He'll shout something out. <laughs> never, not one time. How is that? It's what the Holy Spirit does. It, it really is. We're not trying to convince people to do stuff. We're just asking you to seek the Lord. And we're all seeking the Lord. The Lord's not going to lead us in different directions. He brings us to the same place. It's just it's that simple. So all these characteristics. I hope you've evaluated yourself and made some notes about some of these things you might need to, to go back and pay some attention to. Because these things are the things. That as we move on in the book of Acts, before we move forward, we need, to, we need to realize that these are the characteristics that the Holy Spirit produces. And when the Holy Spirit has access to us to produce these things, that is a society that is attractive to lost people. That's a society that's attractive to, to religious wanderers that are out there that are sick and tired of what they've been experiencing. And they're ready for something fresh. And there's some... There's a, there's, a, there's a fragrance that's coming out of the gathering place west of that. It's, it's a faint fragrance, but it's a fragrance. And I would just encourage us to do this this week. And we'll, we'll stop here. I don't encourage us to do this this week. Let's take the time before we move on, talk about spreading this message and sending it to other parts of the world or whatever, that we would, we would take the time to say, let's make it smell real strong around here all right as your commitment i want to do my part to make it smell really really strong around here good smell good smell essential oil kind of smell (laughs) right y'all with me all right let's pray Father, thank you for the blessing of being able to be your children and walk in community with each other. And I thank you for what you've already done in this congregation. Lord, in, in a very real way, it is a fulfillment of what I believe the, the prophets were speaking about when he said that, that out of concern for your holy name, that you would put your spirit in us and cause us to walk in your decrees so that people around us would know that you're a good God. You're a good, good Father. So God, we want to see that fulfilled in the gathering place west. So remove our hearts of stone. Give us a heart of flesh. 
Lord, allow your spirit to have free reign in our lives. Help us to deal with whatever distractions or disruptions that Satan has planned. Help us to walk in your power as his first church did. And Lord, we want to see, we want to see people come to know you. Whoever it is that you want to bring to yourself, draw to yourself through this congregation, we want to see that happen. So, Father, we yield ourselves to you today in a fresh way and ask you to do this work in Jesus' name. Amen.